Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Sharp Lessons, everybody. Happy Wednesday. We are Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. I'm Ben Wittenstein. He is the professor Nate Jacobson, we had Monday off, took a much-needed Monday off to regroup, look at the lines again. Um, and I think we came back today, Nate, refreshed, seeing the board clearly. How are you feeling? I was thinking about I was feeling refreshed and with October in the rearview mirror and looking ahead to November. But a lot of news in the NFL early on, especially with this news about Aaron Rodgers having COVID and will not start against the Chiefs on Sunday, which was kind of the marquee game. And I was lining up, a, uh, preparing a lineup, a big bet on the Chiefs at about a pick on minus one. So it's kind of thrown a wrench into things, but we'll adjust on the fly and try to make the best that we can with what news and information we have as we record this now on an early Wednesday afternoon. And just wanted to congratulate the Atlanta Braves for winning the World Series I know we didn't do too much baseball, uh, especially after Rizzo left in the summer. He did come on to preview the World Series. Um, And now I notice whenever you see a team win a championship, the next day you see all these like crazy bets, like parlays, where I just was looking at Twitter and saw that someone parlayed the four different champions, the Lightning, the Bucks, the uh, Astro, or sorry, the Braves at 10 to 1 as part of the parlay. And then also Alabama to win this upcoming national championship at three to one. They put one dollar on it to win. I think it was a couple thousand. So I feel like every time we see a team win a championship, we just see all these bet slips coming from out of nowhere with these crazy parlays where you parlay multiple champions or you parlay the team to win the World Series with like whoever you had to win the Masters or something. So it's crazy how uh, times have changed in terms of how sports betting is covered in this country, which I guess is a good thing for, for mm-hmm. us. But just be careful. Don't start firing these four-team championship parlays just because someone has a pending ticket on one. So they're very hard to win. Just uh, If you want to do futures, just bet them individually. Don't tie them up with, with anything else. I do want to say a hearty congratulations to friend of the podcast, Sam Panianovich. He had the Braves 14 to one future ticket that he uh, that he placed uh, in March, March 5th. He placed yep. the bet for the Braves to win the World Series 14 to one. So uh, he was celebrating last night. Yep. And he didn't hedge. And we also have to congratulate Alex Simmons, our co-worker, senior yes. producer at Stadium. Big Braves fan. Also, Michael Morris, big Braves fan, producer at Stadium. But Alex contributes to our college football roundtable. So I think he'll be pretty pumped up when he writes his entry for this week. That'll come out on Friday. Uh, maybe he doesn't even care about what he gives out because he's so <laughs> on cloud nine about the Braves breaking through uh, after some years of disappointment for Atlanta in the playoffs. And 
I know he's not an Atlanta sports fan, but good for the people of Atlanta. And maybe it's uh, some good times to come for the people of Georgia and the Georgia Bulldogs, who are number one in the first college football playoff rankings, which is no surprise as Georgia about even odds to win the college football national title. Yeah, Alex, uh, congrats to him, another friend of the pod. So he was having a great time last night. So I think all of his entries for the college football article should just be Braves won the World Series. That should be it. Doesn't even have to make a pick. Just can keep bragging about it. Uh, but, Nate, we do, before we get into the Sharp Lessons shortlist with our six games to watch for the weekend, six games we're betting, and our situations, there was some line movements. Aaron Rodgers being the biggest culprit of the line movement uh, today with the Packers and the Chiefs, it was announced he had tested positive for COVID and the whole situation with him being reportedly unvaccinated after saying he was immunized over the uh, summer. So that's a whole issue in and of itself. But the issue that we're focused on here, Nate, for Sharp Lessons is that Packers-Chiefs line movement. Yeah, and that was setting up to be uh, the marquee game of the NFL week. You have a red-hot Packers team against a reeling Chiefs team who have only really beaten bad teams. Uh, They beat the Browns in week one, so that was a good win, I guess, coming back. But then the three other wins were against NFC East teams. So this was kind of a good litmus test to see if the Chiefs still had some life in them after kind of a sluggish start to the first eight games of the season. Now it's a totally different situation with Aaron Rodgers out and the initial line movement we saw. Chiefs were pick them, minus one in a lot of spots. The first move was Chiefs to six and a half. It got as high as eight and a half at one spot in Las Vegas. And now it's kind of settled in after being at eight for a little bit. It's now minus seven pretty much across the board. A big move on the total that was at 54, now at 48, which makes sense. If you have a six-point adjustment uh, in in a spread, it would make sense that the total also adjusted Maybe not six points, but it ended up being six points. Is the it looks like the downgrade, I guess, from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love by the market is about six points. I think that's right. That's the same pretty much it was from Russell yeah. Wilson to Geno Smith. Maybe a little bit less aggressive of a line move is Dak Prescott to Cooper Rush that we saw um, last week, late last week, and then on Sunday once Prescott was officially inactive. But Jordan Love, first-round pick. 2020 so you'd hope that the Packers would think highly of him where he would be capable of filling in this spot and we've seen so many times where backup quarterbacks have been able to cover their first game as a starter we saw this past week with Mike White leading the Jets to a straight up win covering a game that closed um, the Jets were underdogs 11 and a half point underdogs so there's a lot of times an overreaction from starter to backup and at this point, I was, as I mentioned early in the show, I was going to make a big bet on the Chiefs just basically to win the game. Now for me, it's either Packers plus the over, plus the seven, hopefully over a touchdown, or just going to pass this game entirely because I could see a situation where even though Rodgers is an elite player, Jordan Love isn't as big of a drop off as the market has right now. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I think I really like the Packers at plus seven at this point, just simply because. A, I, I think that that drop between Rodgers and Love, like you said, I don't think that's that big of a drop that people might expect. And the Chiefs are, they're bad. They're just bad. They, they are not a team that's going to cover a touchdown spread, even though they're playing a team with a backup quarterback. I, I just don't think they're good enough. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There was definitely concern back in the Chiefs at a pick when I was, I was thinking, but I was like, this is 
probably the buy low point on the Chiefs. This is maybe not the lowest they'll be, but in a game like this at home against a defense that I think they could exploit, I think that was a good spot to buy low on the Chiefs. Yep. And I, I know that you said you like the Packers plus seven. I said I would probably lean there. I would hold off on betting the Packers just because we saw last week when Devontae Adams tested positive for COVID, Alan Lazard eventually joined him on the COVID reserve list. So this might not be the last uh, COVID-related uh, news that we hear from the Packers. So I'd hold off. Maybe even Jordan Love, who could be a close contact. I know it's, I saw he is vaccinated. I would just be really cautious betting the Packers right now. I think you can wait as long as possible, see who's active, because I don't think this is going to drop too much just because there is so much respect for Rodgers in the betting market, as there should be. All right, some more line movements. We just wanted to look at Patriots and Panthers, uh, and the news just came out this morning about Christian McCaffrey being uh, possibly taken off the IR for this game. Um, but that line, you know, hasn't moved a ton. Um, we saw some minus fours, some minus four and a halfs earlier on in the week, and now it's down to minus three and a half in favor of the Patriots. Yeah, I just wanted to bring this game up because of the quarterback injury uh, with Carolina, where Sam Darnold took a big hit. Um, is in concussion protocol, very uncertain if he's going to play this week. I think based on the line move that we saw early on where the Patriots got out to a field goal favorite on the road against the Panthers, which kind of puzzled me, and then I realized, wait, Darnold got hurt, and it would be P.J. Walker. So that's just one game to monitor. I think if if Darnold was starting and was healthy, I think the Patriots should be a short favorite in this game. But three and a half is too much. So Carolina, especially in a game with a low total at 41, is tempting to me. But I do want to know more about Sam Darnold, if he can start – if P.J. Walker, if I'm, I basically have to decide if I could trust P.J. Walker catching like four <laughs> points in an NFL game, which I know he was yeah. great in the XFL or wherever the AF. I forgot where he was. I'll have to look closer at that. But I don't know. I, I, I think this is a, a game where you just kind of wait to see what happens. If the McCaffrey comes back, that would be a nice boost for Carolina, given their quarterback troubles that they've had. Uh, but I just wanted to bring up that the Patriots are over a field goal favorite, and the reason why is because of the uncertainty with Carolina's quarterback room. All right, the last two games, the Falcons and the Saints. The Saints, obviously, without Jameis Winston. Um, and then we also have the 49ers and the Cardinals. Yeah, Jameis Winston out, torn ACL. Very unfortunate because I think he was actually playing a little bit better. He was uh, – I don't know. It, he wasn't turning the ball over as much. Yeah, he was. He wasn't turning the ball over as much, and that could have been a byproduct of Sean Payne really watering down the offense for him to have some success. The Saints just came off that big win against the Bucks. Now they're at home. They host the Falcons, or stay at home. They host the Falcons, a Falcons team who had a tough loss last week. Uh, there was a line, a little bit of a. Saints minus six yesterday, and now it's dropped to five and a half. The uh, reason I included this and want to include this part is because Winston's hurt. Uh, Taysom Hill is also hurt. He uh, was in had a concussion and he missed the last few games. Uh, he might come back this week. If not, it'd be Trevor Simeon. So I think this is another game where the line could move throughout the week based on the quarterback news we get. I kind of like the Falcons in the underdog role just because the Saints seem better when they're the underdogs and there's less expectations on them. That's why I liked them last week. But now there's expectations for them to win. The total's 42. I just don't think the Saints are a team I would put too much trust in covering 
uh, numbers of over a field goal. So the Falcons, kind of enticing for me, kind of hope Taysom Hill plays so this line maybe gets back to six, and then I can bet the Falcons at that number. And then we have the 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals as one of those games um, with some injuries as well. Yeah, so this line reopened Cardinals minus two and a half, minus three in some spots. And now we got the news on Sunday about Kyler Murray and his ankle injury and how it's a one to three week injury. And now he might not play this week, even though they played last Thursday. So they do have a you know longer rest, kind of the mini buy uh, for this game. Uh, regardless of who's starting at quarterback, the Cardinals now minus one. So I think that's kind of a in between a Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy, who is the backup for the Arizona Cardinals now. But I think the beginning of my uh, best bet slump started when I bet the 49ers plus five and a half at the Cardinals. And now we have a rematch just a few weeks later of this game. So I, I have to look toward the 49ers, who I they should have covered that game and they had a chance to win. They have their better quarterback playing now, Jimmy Garoppolo, instead of Trey Lance. And if Kyler Murray, even if he gives it a go, not sure how mobile he'll be. Um, especially that ankle injury that he picked up at the end of the Packers game. So kind of hope yeah. Kyler Murray guts it out so I can bet on the 49ers. But even <laughs> if it's Colt McCoy and it's the 49ers, the short favorite, I kind of like the 49ers in this spot in a game they really need to win because the last few wild card spots in the NFC are wide open. So there's definitely a path for San Francisco to turn their season around. They just have to win this game in this kind of division in season division revenge game. So I like a lot of situations in the 49ers favor, regardless of who's quarterback for the Cardinals. Let's do our uh, short list, sharp lessons, short list, the uh, tongue twister of the week, but we only have uh, five games in the list, usually six, but we have five because a lot of these games just don't look as appetizing as they may uh, throughout the last couple of weeks. So we have two college football games, three NFL games that we wanted to hit. Uh, we already talked about the Packers and Chiefs for the most part with that Chiefs minus seven. But for the college football lines, Nate, we have Liberty Old Miss. This was the game that I put in there, Old Miss minus nine and a half. And I put this in here because I saw a good amount of people looking at Liberty at plus 10 as, you know, a pretty tasty option, um, especially with the way Liberty has been playing. And uh, you have Old Miss who you're kind of uncertain how they're going to play. They, they obviously, as we expected uh, against Auburn, did not play well. And Auburn covered that two and a half point spread. Uh, but maybe coming off, off of a loss, Ole Miss may uh, be trying to, to come all in at this point. Yeah, and I just want to mention how like difficult the schedule is, scheduling spot is for Ole Miss, or just how like hard they had it in October when you have to go to Bama, you host Arkansas in a game that was went haywire at Tennessee, hosting LSU, at Auburn last week, and that and Ben, you cash with your best bet. In large part, I think your handicap was. Ole Miss could be a little bit worn down and Auburn's off a bye, and that pretty much played out exactly how you expect it to. And now Ole Miss holds Liberty. They're hosting their old coach, Hugh Freeze, who had resigned from the school after many different violations recruiting uh, as one of them. And then next week, you, it doesn't get any easier for Ole Miss because Texas A&M comes to town, and that's just a big game within the SC West. So it's just been like a crazy seven-week stretch, and we're in week six of it for Wayne Kiffin's team. So I think that's why Liberty has gotten a lot of respect in in terms of uh, in bets, and and they have a you know this is a game they've been probably looking forward to all year, not just their head coach, but also 
their quarterback, Malik Willis. So this is a big game for Liberty and Ole Miss. Not saying they're not going to give their best effort, but Matt Corral a little bit banged up. Um, it's, it's Liberty or pass for me. I, I probably won't bet it now that the best number is gone, but yeah. I couldn't bet on Ole Miss given the situation. No, absolutely not. I, I would hit if Liberty got to plus ten. Count me in. I'm I'm all in on Hugh Freeze revenge game against Ole Miss on the road. I just need that <laughs> double digit uh, spread to to come underway. Um, the next game: Auburn, Texas A&M. Auburn thirteen, Texas A&M fourteen. Auburn coming off that win uh, against Ole Miss, as we said, they are now four and a half point underdogs. At Texas A&M, that total is at 49. Um, I would probably fade Auburn. I liked them last week, and I think fading them this week is probably the right move on the road after a, a pretty big win that they had, and I, I like the way Texas A&M is playing. Um, spread for, for a fairly low total of 49. It's not super low, but it's low-ish. That's kind of a weird spread of 4.5, but at this point, Nate, I think I would lean Texas A&M. Yeah, I pretty much have the same viewpoints, as you mentioned. Uh, Auburn, maybe a tough spot off a big win. And now Texas A&M is the team off the bye. So Auburn was the team off the bye last week. You liked Auburn. One of your reasons, and another reason you liked Auburn, because it was Bo Nix at home. Yeah. And now okay. we're on the road. Road for Bo Nix in a hostile environment. A team that, you know, they beat Alabama um, in October, so... They've kind of turned their season around and kind of reset their goals for what they want to do uh, in terms of trying to finish strong. So like Texas A&M, off the bye against Bo Nix on the road, which is a much different animal than Bo Nix at home, although Bo Nix has won games at LSU and at Arkansas. But I think A&M just a little bit of a different defense that they're going to be facing on Saturday in College Station. And I believe the only ranked-on-ranked matchup um, in terms of the new college football playoff rankings. On to the NFL we go. Jets at the Colts. Mike White, Nate, maybe another 400-yard game in his future. Hopefully not. I have the Colts defense in my fantasy league, but they are uh, playing in Indy. Minus 10.5 is the spread in favor of the Colts. That total is at 46. Uh, is Mike White the truth, or are we going to see coming back to earth for him and the offense for the Jets? Yeah, I figured we'd just get the Thursday night game previewed here because there's not the best slate of NFL games. But I, I don't know if Mike White's the truth. I I, <laughs> I would bet against that. I, I, but I think it's reflected in the line that maybe he is better than we think because the look-ahead line for this game was Colts minus 14, and now it's 10.5. So I think the Jets, not really sure what we're going to get for them, or maybe it's just like Mike White's just going to take a step back after a very outlierish performance upsetting the Bengals. My worry about backing the Colts in this game at maybe a discounted numbers than it was on the look ahead is they lost to the Titans last week. They were up 14 nothing. It was a big game that they needed to even up the season series. Now they're essentially four games back in the division because there's three ba- games back in the standings and they don't have the tiebreaker. So there's still a lot of time to play, and the Colts play the Jaguars next week. So there's two winnable games, and then we'll talk about the Titans having to go on the road at the Rams. So there's still like a path, I guess, especially because Tennessee doesn't have Derrick Henry. But how does the Colts bounce back after a tough overtime loss on a short week is my question for this game and why I couldn't back them laying double digits here. Yeah, I would agree. I, I you know, I think it might be time for me to, to jump on the uh, Jets train. As long 
is they're double-digit underdogs. As long as people keep saying the Jets are going to be double-digit underdogs, give me the Jets against the spread, plus 10.5, plus 11. I'm I'm okay with taking them. I think they've shown that they are able to, to surprise people, especially as long underdogs. I think it's time for me to get on that Jets train, Nate, as long as, long as they're double-digit underdogs against the spread. It's not for me, but but good luck. <laughs> Packers Chiefs, we talked a bit about that. Chiefs uh, minus seven, that total is at 48. Um, total is uh, a little interesting, a little low, but I think that's because you see, we just don't know how Jordan Love is going to produce. Yeah, in terms of the total, this total opened, I believe it was 55, 55 and a half, and the first move was to the under, and that was with Rodgers still um, known that he would be playing. Now he's not playing, so it's been a big move to towards the under. Um, I guess the determining factor in this game is what you think of Jordan Love in terms of yep. point spread. And maybe Aaron Rodgers is that valuable of a quarterback. But at the same time, Jordan Love was a first-round pick. This isn't back in the day when it was like uh, Brett Hundley or Deshaun Kaiser coming in for Aaron Rodgers. This is a guy <laughs> who was a first-round pick, hand-picked by the current head coach to be the future quarterback of the franchise so i'm sure matt lafleur is excited about the opportunity to show why they drafted him that high so i mean it has to be packers or pass i could not bet the chiefs now even though i really really wanted to bet the chiefs at like a pick them and it's kind of funny that with aaron Rodgers there i would have loved the chiefs without him i like the packers what's holding me back as i mentioned before Maybe the Packers have another COVID issue coming up, and this line closes up a little bit higher. So that's what's holding me back, and going to wait as long as possible because the uh, the news is already kind of built into the line. But there could be more news to come with how we know how how teams have handled COVID or how COVID is hurt teams in in all of sports, really. Titans at the Rams. We go out west to LA. The Rams laying seven and a half against. A Titans team that will be playing without uh, star running back Derrick Henry. That total is at 54. Um, honestly, when I see a line like this, Nate, because we didn't get this type of line last week, I think teaser for the Rams at minus 7.5. Maybe tease them down to minus 1.5. Uh, tease them with another team. Maybe the uh, the Ravens are a team like that. But I don't know if I like the Rams all the way at minus 7.5, even with the Titans without Derrick Henry. That, I think, is too big of a swing towards the Rams. Um, but they do seem very nice as a teaser team in this situation. Yeah, I like how we haven't talked in basically five days, but we're on the same page here and didn't share any <laughs> notes. We're just coming in cold turkey. And, I mean, the Rams teaser does make a lot of sense here. Yeah. I think that if Henry was playing that, if the Rams were like minus six, six and a half, which is what it reopened, Sunday, then I would consider laying it with the Rams. I just think this is a very tough spot for the Titans. If you look at their last three wins, home against the Bills is an underdog. Home against the Chiefs is an underdog. Road against the Colts is an underdog to basically get that huge win to, in terms of the vision, getting the tie, securing the tiebreaker, taking the three-game lead in the standings. This just feels like a game the Titans, not like they would throw it away, but just wouldn't be able to get up for, even though it is a Sunday night, but it's against the Rams I think the Rams are going to be the way more motivated team in this game. And now that it's over a touchdown, I don't feel comfortable laying, laying it, especially because the reason it has gone over a touchdown is because of Derrick Henry's injury. And I think for the most part, the Titans can probably come up with a game plan to 
use their passing game and have some success offensively. But I do think the Rams have a very likely chance to win because the spot is so bad for the Titans. So I like the Rams in a teaser. I'm sure there'll be some teaser legs that pop up as there's more injury news this week. But just kind of looking at the other teams on the board, the Browns up to plus eight and a half against the Bengals makes a lot of sense to me. If you want to have a two-team teaser that pays out minus 120, I think a lot of books pay out these days on the six-teamer, so or 6.2-teamer for the teaser. So Browns, Rams, probably going to be a strong teaser play for me as long as the numbers stay the same. Two-teamer teaser. Say that ten times fast. Two-teamer, six-pointer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do the situations uh, Situations of the week. What's the situation? We've got uh, one for each situation. Hangover game. Lousy hangover. Michigan State coming off their win uh, against Michigan, top ten win. Um, and, again, I think for the most part, Nate, our situations of the week has been pretty good in terms of really looking at those underdogs. But Michigan State yeah. goes on the road to play Purdue this weekend, a Purdue team that upset Iowa. Now the upset isn't looking as good because we know Iowa is just not as good of a team as we thought, but it was still a pretty good upset. And so now the Spartans have to, to go on the road and play Purdue. Yeah, and Purdue upset Nebraska. They were a seven-and-a-half-point underdog last yeah. week. They go to Lincoln. I mean, a Nebraska team that the record isn't good, but they have lost a lot of close games, so there's going to get respect from the betting market. So that was an impressive win last week for Purdue. Now they come home. I, I really like Purdue here. Like, I really want to make Purdue plus three a best bet. I think I'm going to wait till Friday. Maybe I'm a little bit cautious now just because of like COVID and it's getting cold in November. So a lot of, you know, players could be getting sick. So that's why I kind of want to hold off on making early bets as we learned earlier with the Aaron Rodgers story. But uh, Purdue plus three makes a lot of sense for me. Uh, just fading Michigan State off that huge comeback win against Michigan in a game that they were very excited to play off the bye week, and they needed to come back from a 30 to 14 deficit in the second half, really bring out all their energy. And I like kind of like Purdue on the road. You get that big win against Nebraska. You're coming home. I'm sure the fan base is going to be excited. They're going to get up for this game. It's going to be a raucous crowd in West Lafayette for that afternoon start. So I like Purdue here plus three. Uh, it would probably it's probably going to be a best bet. Let's just say that we'll make it official on Friday whether I do that or not. We got a sandwich game. Sandwich. In Baylor, coming off their win against Texas. They play Oklahoma next week. And this week they play TCU, a team that will be without their head coach. Yeah, I kind of wish TCU just kept Gary Patterson on for one more week because I feel <laughs> like this would have been the Great spot. super, super spot to fade Baylor. Winning, beating Texas off the bye, having come back from double digits as Texas continues to disappoint the show and, uh, and me <laughs> personally. But it yeah, does. now you have Baylor. You go on the road. I know it's not a not a very long trip to Fort Worth to play TCU, but looking in the wings, you get Oklahoma. And if there's anything we learn from like the college football playoff rankings, is that Oklahoma had a lot of disrespect from the rankings, being ranked eighth despite being undefeated. But Baylor is right there. I believe they are 12th or 13th. So they're right in like a position where Oklahoma is really going to be wanting to beat Baylor because they want those like wins to look good. And Baylor, at the same time, they'll have a chance to move up the rankings if they have some big wins. So I think this is a little bit of a trap game, sandwich game for Baylor. A Baylor team I don't think is that good, but maybe they actually are good, and I haven't been respecting them 
but what's holding me back from not backing TCU is Patterson, Gary Patterson, longtime great coach at TCU, mutually parted ways with the program. Maybe the players kind of rally around him and win it for the coach, but he's unfortunately not on the sideline, so I can't really handicap the emotion that the players are going to have on Saturday at home in Fort Worth. Yeah, that's a tough one because you just – yeah, you you don't know if they're going to come out and say let's win one for coach or if they're going to not have their coach and say we don't really know how to rally ourselves at this point. So that is a tough one to handicap. I'm probably going to stay away from that one. And finally, the look-ahead game, Nate, the Raiders. What a what a season it's been for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Uh, they play the Giants on Sunday, and they play the Chiefs next week. So they might be looking a little bit ahead to that uh, to that division game for them against the Chiefs, playing the lowly New York Giants on the road after what has just been an insane week, after like a month before they had an insane week with John Gruden. Yeah, and, and what you're talking about is the Henry Ruggs uh, driving drunk and getting arrested for killing someone, and he was released by the team last night. So that's just another distraction, as you mentioned, where John Gruden resigned a few weeks ago. They ended up winning their next two games. They're playing very good football. They had a bye week, so I don't think that's a good time to have a bye week. And now with this extra distraction, just not sure how the team is going to respond, having to travel across the country for an early start against the Giants with the Chiefs looming on a Sunday night game at home. So I could see... This is just a letdown spot in terms of the look ahead, but just how the Raiders have to handle this week. And it's unfortunate we have to talk about this, but when it comes to betting, you have to factor in every factor, whether it's math or matchups or human emotion. So not sure how the Raiders are going to respond to this very sad, unfortunate story. But also, even though they're coming off the bye, maybe that's a little bit negated. I still think there's a bit of a look ahead because they have a big game against the Chiefs next week. Nate, let's talk some bets out. There's only one thing I want you fellas to do. What's that? Talk me out of it. Because we have a couple bets you want to talk about. This first bet, I really want to talk out with you because I am thinking I'm on the other side of you for this one. And that is... North Carolina, Wake Forest. Wake Forest, two-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road in North Carolina. You like UNC. I have been leaning all week towards Wake Forest, but it's not a strong lean, okay? So you could probably convince me to take North Carolina, but I am having trouble seeing why Wake Forest is this big of an underdog. Yeah, I just think Wake Forest is kind of – I'm not going to say they're a bad team, but they – They've come under the radar, and now they're getting the respect in the market or respect in the rankings. They're number ninth in the college football playoff rankings. And I think that's just like some added pressure on a Wake Forest team that is undefeated. But now you have North Carolina, who has had a disappointing season, and I was on them against Notre Dame and watched a good amount of that game. And they were able to move the ball with Sam Howell, quarterback. And Wake Forest is a team that led up 56 points to Army. I think North Carolina's offense will be able to have some success in this game as we see the total at 67, uh, or sorry, 76. So, uh, you know, I don't even know how much the point spread matters in this game because we're going, they're expecting both teams to score into the high 30s. But at under a field goal, I like like North Carolina. I think that this line is dictated by Wake Forest's college football playoff rankings and Based on some of the teams that were ranked in the college football playoff rankings by the committee, I don't have too much respect for the committee. So 
I like North Carolina here to spoil Wake Forest's dream season. And I know North Carolina has kind of put an emphasis on recruiting under Mac Brown. This is a big game for them uh, because they're recruiting, have a recruiting battles against Wake Forest because those schools are very close in geography together. Yeah, and the team totals, uh, at least on this spot, the site I'm looking at, are not out yet. But if you don't like a side, I mean, if you do like the total, maybe like the total to go over. But a total I would suggest hitting would be the Wake Forest team total. They have hit 35-plus every single game they have played this season. So I would imagine the team total is going to be above 35 for Wake Forest, but I still think that's probably a pretty decent bet considering they've done it every single game this year. The the lowest total they had was against Florida State, and they scored 35 points. So maybe it's 36 and a half, 37, something like that. We'll see when those team totals come out. I don't know if you can find it somewhere else, but with that total being 76, you know it's going to be a, a pretty high-scoring game between these two. Um, Tennessee, what do you want to talk about, uh, about Tennessee? Well, I liked them early in the week when I saw that the lines came out on Sunday. That was kind of one I circled. Tennessee, they opened plus five at Kentucky. Kentucky was coming off a tough loss to Mississippi State, and Tennessee was coming off a bye week to hopefully get their better quarterback, Hendon Hooker, healthy. And I, I kind of like Tennessee coming off this bye with a quarterback who has played very well this season in Hooker. And a Kentucky team that now that they have two losses, they're kind of reeling. So I thought Tennessee would be in a good spot to bet at maybe plus three. Unfortunately, Tennessee has taken all the money. It got opened, as yeah. mentioned, as early um, or as and when it first opened, it was as high as Kentucky minus five. Now it's a pick em or Kentucky minus one. So probably won't bet it because a lot of the value is extracted based on the line move. But I kind of like uh, the idea of still maybe backing Tennessee on the money line or if they trail early on a live line because I think they they are their offense will be able to put up some points um, and Kentucky's de- offense uh, won't be able to exploit the weakness of Tennessee's defense. See, I was leaning towards Kentucky just seeing the line out of the blue yesterday and just kind of looking through these lines. But after kind of hearing the context and seeing the context, I think – Tennessee could be a really good move. I really do, especially as an underdog. I We won on Auburn coming off of a bye, and I'm generally high on college football teams who are coming off a bye, especially when they're trying to get someone healthy. Um, and I know it's on the road, but Tennessee's always going to have fans everywhere, especially going to Kentucky. So it's probably not going to be too much of a road game for them. Yeah, Josh Heupel isn't a great recruiter, the new coach of Tennessee. So it's kind of like these matchups like this is why he – has risen to become an SEC coach. So I think in terms of week-to-week preparation, uh, Tennessee is going to be very focused for this game, a very important game for them. I'm sure that they're bowl, they're, they still have aspirations to make a bowl game. This is kind of a big swing game to do that. Um, Nebraska is a game you wanted to talk about. Why, uh, why are you looking at Nebraska? Well, they're just a very <laughs> frustrating team. No, but like they just, they've been a favorite in so many games and now, and they've disappointed, but like it's because of like little mistakes. Like I was watching the game against Purdue and like Adrian Martinez threw like an interception on the shovel pass. It's like, what are you doing? Like that's just like, I know it's like, it's kind of like the culture of the program, I guess, has just been disappointing results under Scott Frost. And I mean, they had every chance to beat Michigan a few weeks ago and they didn't do that, which would have been a big game. And now they're catching. 14 and a half against an Ohio State team that did beat Penn State, but 
I don't know. There was something missing from Ohio State that game. And I think just based on the eye test, it wasn't that impressive a performance. And they didn't come close to covering. And Sean Clifford was able to move the ball on them. And it was like a there was a fumble six from the defensive lineman that kind of flipped the game. So I think Ohio State might be a little bit overrated. Nebraska, because they have a bad record, may be underrated. I don't know if I can say that. But I can, I can see Nebraska staying at least close with Ohio State. And it's going to be difficult for Ohio State to win by this big of a margin. I guess can totally backfire if Nebraska's kind of quit on the season after another tough loss last week. But uh, maybe an early start, Scott Frost can rally the troops to at least keep the game close. Yeah, I have, I have, I struggle with betting Nebraska, uh, and I know they get the hook. I, I they get that fourteen and a half, but if I do kind of like the fast start against Ohio State at home, and maybe I would lean towards the first half spread for Nebraska in a game like that. Um, I know Ohio State has had the tendency to really turn it on in the second half, so maybe you take Nebraska plus seven and a half in that first half, but. It's tough. I, I don't know. I, I just it's hard to bet against Ohio State for me. Um, yeah, this time of year, yeah, this time of year because we've seen all these teams. I think it's very difficult to bet on some of them because we've seen them at like their worst. But at yep. the same time, maybe there's some overreactions. I think now that we have the first college football playoff rankings, a lot of the lines for teams ranked higher are going to be inflated because like a team like Ohio State, who's currently fifth in the poll, I think the idea is like, oh, they're going to want to like pour it on Nebraska. So there might be a little bit of an extra tax in terms of uh, the point spread. And I think that there could be opportunities to find value in the underdogs. Let us talk it out or let us do our early best bets, Nate. Um, I have two for the NBA and uh, we're three and zero in the NBA. So we're just going to keep the train on going. Hopefully <laughs> the early hot start doesn't end Pick, here, but I have two best bets. Picking me up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the hope here is we at least get the NBA bets to, to hit and it makes the show look good. So that's really the hope here. Pacers Knicks over two sixteen. Both these teams uh, have top offenses in the NBA. The, Knicks are top three in the league in points per game. The Pacers are 11th. And on the flip side, they're not good at defense. Uh, Pacers one of the worst defensive teams in the league. The Knicks are middle-of-the-road defensive team. And I know a lot of people have looked at Tom Thibodeau and, and say, you know, his teams play defense. But this season, they've been a much more offensive-oriented team. So I think this total should probably go over the uh, 216 number. My other bet. And I'm going to ride with the Nuggets again. My last bet, bet, best bet was with the Nuggets, and they won. So I'm just going to keep going back to that Nuggets well. I'm going to take their money line as very, very short underdogs against the Memphis Grizzlies. I think it's like minus one and a half uh, for the Nuggets against the Grizzlies. Uh, minus 105, I should say, for the Nuggets against the Grizzlies. This is a team they have played on Monday. They lost them on Monday in Memphis. They're playing them again in Memphis today. I just think the Nuggets are too good of a team to lose twice in a row to the same team um, back-to-back. Uh, and I know they're missing Jamal Murray, and I know they looked really bad on Monday. They could not hit threes to save their life. Michael Porter Jr. scored 10 points. He did not look good. But I just think this Nuggets team, when their backs are against the wall, when nothing's expected of them, when people say they've had injuries, they're going to lose again, they've already lost the same exact team 48 hours earlier, I think they're going to win this game, even though it's in Memphis and they've already lost to this team the Nuggets are too good to me to lose back-to-back games to the same exact team like this. 
give me the Nuggets as a very short underdog. Yeah, I know the Nuggets have been good with us. I tailed your Friday pick when I found out Jokic was was in, and uh, that was quite the rocking chair winner. So I yeah. kind of like I like your angle of going back to the Nuggets, especially because they lost two days ago. It's kind of like the zig. It's like a in season regular season zigzag theory, which we preach so much when yep. we get to the postseason in the NBA. So makes a lot of sense to me. Hopefully Denver bounces back and we see plenty of points in the uh, game between the Knicks and the Pacers. Yeah, so those are my two best bets. Hopefully uh, we continue the NBA hot streak. But, Nate, on Friday we'll have all of our best bets for college football, NFL, um, and maybe some some NBA over the weekend. And I have my NBA article out today um, at WatchStadium.com. You're going to have your NFL article out on Thursday at WatchStadium.com, and we will have our college football roundtable out on Friday at WatchStadium.com. So if you don't listen to the full podcast, don't have time to listen to the podcast, just go to WatchStadium.com. We'll have all of those articles out for you with all of our best bets from three different sports. So we really got you covered. Um, but for now, good luck in the NBA to everyone, Thursday Night Football, and we will be back with our best bets on Friday. 